Hey, everybody. Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, we're talking intimacy. Yes, all kinds of intimacy, social, emotional, mental, and even that kind of intimacy. One of the toughest topics to discuss, but we're going to give you some tools and ideas for how to increase the intimacy in your life right here on the Matt Townsend Show up next. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Just ahead of tonight's vice presidential debate, Mitt Romney has extended his lead among likely voters, according to a Reuters poll. The debate could be a major factor in the momentum of the election, which is now just a month away. With Romney ahead, just a small margin at 47 percent, over 44 percent for President Obama. A strong showing from his running mate Paul Ryan tonight could help extend the lead. If Vice President Joe Biden commands the debate, the president's campaign could still easily regain the lead the Obama camp has had for most of election season so far. According to the poll, 16 percent of registered voters could still change their minds on who to vote for before November 6th. The deadly outbreak of fungal meningitis has claimed two more lives, according to officials from the Centers for Disease Control. The total number of people to lose their lives to the disease is now 14, with 170 people now confirmed with the rare infection. The steroid injection blamed for the outbreak was meant as a painkiller, normally to alleviate back pain. Meningitis cannot travel from person to person, but 13,000 people may have received the steroid treatment. Health officials are now focused on regulating pharmaceutical compacting companies like the one that produced this tainted drug. Turkish officials are defending their decision to force a passenger plane headed for Syria to land now that they say they have found Russian-made munitions on board. Syrian regime officials are calling the move an act of air piracy, and authorities in Moscow say the Turkish government put Russian citizens in danger when when they intercepted the jet yesterday. The pilot of the plane was given the chance to return to Russian to Russia after security officials in Turkey received the tip about what was on board. But the flight pressed on, and that is when it was forced to land. A Russian airport spokesperson says that everything on board the plane was for civilian purposes and had cleared custom checks. A Yemeni national who worked at the U.S. Embassy in Yemen has been killed while on his way to work by a masked gunman. The attacker rode up on a motorcycle and shot the worker who was head of an embassy security team while he was on his way to work. A Yemeni security official said that the attack seems to be the work of al-Qaeda. Attacks on security officials and politicians have been increasing in Yemen after the country's military drove the extreme Islamist group out of many southern towns earlier this year. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this program every Monday through Friday to help you and your loved ones grow healthier, happier lives. We got the whole gang joining us today, and we're taking on a topic today that is just, it's blowing their minds, so hopefully it will blow yours as well. We're talking intimacy, okay? 
Sex. People apparently think it's important. And on our show today, we're going to get into what really is real intimacy. And we've got a great uh, couple of guests here. Kristen Hodson will be joining us, Alicia Worthington, the authors of the book Real Intimacy, A A Couple's Guide to Healthy, Genuine Sexuality. And we're going to be talking about it and trying to give us some tools, some ideas for what, and really try to have a little shift in how we look at our, our sex life, our intimacy, and try to figure out what really is healthy. It seems like that's an area where we might lose ourselves a bit. Sometimes we place it in too high of a position. Sometimes we place it in too low of a position. Maybe what we need to figure out is how do we approach real intimacy and create real healthy relationships by doing it. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But before we do, we're going to do the human uh, topics and get into some you know, the news about the human factor, what it's like to be human. And to do that, we bring on our Matt's Misfits, we call them. And I don't know that I like that. We need a better name. But this is where we get into all of the news, the news that May I be introduced separately? Huh? Do you, do you guys want your names introduced separately? No. No, no you can call the rest of them oh. Misfits. I just, I just want to Rob, introduce separately. Rob Sanders. Matt, Matt's uh, Miscreants? Would that work? Uh, miscreant sounds gross. Really gross. Okay. Well, it sounds like it also sounds like you're blaming me for creating right. you, in a, miscreating you. Hmm. You kind of did. Let's get real. <laughs> That's true. I do not blame me for it's this. It's kind of your fault that we're here. Oh my heavens! It's so true, isn't it? Uh, what news? What's in the news? What Bab- babies you? or scientists found out? Scientists really? are not babies, but babies can be scientists. Oh, good. We're gonna. I got a good science vein today. Let's go. What What do you mean? Babies are scientists. Saw this in the paper here, and I'm, I'm not kidding. This isn't a website. I got a physical wow. paper. Newspaper. And now his fingers are dirty. So, <laughs> so oh, who re- you're right. Who no. really won? I'm kidding. Uh, it talks about you know playtime, yeah. toddlers, babies. You know, but they they get in and they play with toys and they try to see you know, okay you know the the little toy car does not fit in the little toy garage. Skyler was doing this right before the show. Playing with toys. <laughs> His busy box. The uh, the spontaneous play that kids do at recess yeah. and other things, the same mental patterns they go through of testing things out is the exact same thing adults do. It's the scientific methodology. And so there's a lot of concern because a lot of preschools are trying to – because huh. if you want to get into – you want to get a job, you have to go to Harvard. And if you want to go to Harvard, you have to go to the right – preparatory high yeah, school and the no, right preparatory high school means the pre- and eventually that trickles all the way down to preschool and so some of these preschools are so academically focused that they say kids don't have time for play oh, they have to and be that creative. it's damaging according yes. to these uh, scientists in this article it's damaging kids creativity and to be able to do uh, kind of some scientific method stuff with toys and playtime see I, that's how i learned it i learned if i pull my sister's hair <laughs> she will pop me in the eye and I learned not to pull her hair. Equal and opposite reactions. Mm-hmm. Well, but that was I, the uh, control was uh, not pulling your sister's hair. Yeah. So the variable that you tested was pulling your sister's pulling hair, hair. And you got a different reaction. Mm-hmm. And I even got a different reaction depending on the sister that, whose hair I pulled. So mm-hmm. every sister would react differently. Oh, that's cool. And then I pulled my grandma's hair off and it wasn't even connected to her head. So <laughs> scientific no method. Completely different. Discoveries, all right? <laughs> Discoveries. Sad but true. Uh, okay, I've got an easier way to get to the Nobel laureate stage of life. You don't need to be a scientist. You just nor, need to be a baby? Nor a baby, nor play with a lot of toys. You just need chocolate. Okay, then that thing's overdue for me, all right? Chocolate! They found out this is true. 
This is not hype. This is true because it was on the Internet. This is fact. Factual. Uh, According to a study, it ties chocolate consumption to the number of Nobel Prize winners a country has and suggests that it is a sign that the sweet treat can boost brain power. Hmm. I believe it. I always feel like a better person after eating large quantities of chocolate. Do you? I do. I think college taught me that correlation is always causation. Uh, 100% of the time. It's cool. So, uh, no, but this is in the prestigious New England Journal of Chocolatiers. Mm. No, no, it's not. The prestigious New England Journal of Medicine. And the author, Dr. Frank Mazurli of St. Luke's Roosevelt Hospital and Columbia University, hello, writes that there is evidence that flavanols in green tea, red wine, and chocolate can help in slowing down or even reversing age-related mental decline. And then somehow else they found out that the, the leading chocolate country is what? Switzerland. Switzerland. And more no- Nobel laureates have come from there per population. Wow. Okay. Now, or is it just that they're smart enough to know where the good chocolate is? So did the chocolate cause them to be smarter or do they just know where the good chocolate is? Maybe it's an amenity thing because you think about beach communities. They're very expensive. Most people can't afford to live there. So some of the uh, communities right along the ocean have the highest amount of people with advanced degrees anywhere in the United States. But – it's Europe and the oceans are cold. Oh. So where do you go? You go to the chocolate communities, the yeah. ones where you have the great chocolatiers and the yeah. chocolate shops. And the, and maybe they've just priced out all the people who aren't PhDs. That's it. It's a conspiracy. No, it's just supply and demand. Yeah. You want that chocolate real estate in the chocolate district. I wonder district. if there are any Nobel laureates in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Doubt it because <laughs> Hershey isn't even – do you, have you heard it that they're not – It can't quite compare to uh, yeah. well, European they're, they're chocolate. Well, they're not even putting chocolate chocolate in there. It's like knockoff synthesized chocolate base. Although I've heard uh, – is, is it Hershey's or Nestle's sells a different product in Europe to compete with the – Real uh, chocolate chocolate. Ama- sure I've heard it's do, amazing. Yeah. If you can get – I can't remember if it's Nestle's or Hershey's, but if you buy it in Europe, it's fantastic. Oh, wow. Let's go to Europe. That's true though. Let's go to Europe. Where's Toblerone from? So join us Monday, the uh, Matt Townsend Show, live no, from Gardelli. the Chocolate District of Europe. Oh, let's do it. I like it. Okay, Switzerland. Did, uh, did, did you hear this one, too? This is kind of a sad one. Frederick, Maryland. A Maryland school is feeling pressure to address a potential bullying problem. Oh, no. Bullying in schools? Yes. Oh. Apparently, it's a new thing. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't around when I was a kid. But this poor kid had been bullied, so... You know, and had gotten in trouble because I guess he had fought back once, but these people kept bullying him. So they sent they, – they called the local reporter and the journalist came out with their camera and their video crew. And while they were interviewing him, three bullies walk up. And imagine what – you won't believe what they did. They actually um, bullied him. While oh. the TV crews were there? Uh-huh. They bullied the dude <laughs> while the crews were there. Oh, that's, that's your lead when you're doing your rundown. Isn't that amazing? A1. And kids the, picking on kids. The boy had to run away smokes. and run back to school. So the actual bullying event, they came, he came over and the guy started hitting him in the head. And the other guy's like, hey, what are you talking to them about? Uh-oh. How about Game you, over. you idiot? And then they had to run away and they caught it all on film. Because the boy was told by the principal, the minute you're being bullied, run to my office. <sighs> caught on tape. Wow. <laughs> what do you do with a bully when you catch him on tape? Put it on the internet and let yes. the internet take care of them. 
say no more. But they still blank, well, blanked out his face. Did you hear about the old lady who was being bullied on the bus? No. By those kids, and they put the video yes. on YouTube. And, and she then made they, coin. Like $700,000 from Is it. that all she made? Is I that thought, all? No. I thought she made more than Only. That. <clears throat> I don't know. I think it was That like, was amazing. Yeah. That was a cool story. Well, See, and, and then to top it off, I think she gave, uh, she started some kind of foundation. She did. I would have retired. Me yeah. Too. She was just a little lowly bus aide being bullied by a bunch of. Teenish, I think they were young teens too. By the way, they were Bullied. middle school. Holy cow! But see that I think that tells you it's going to be balanced, right? If you with the interweb, we now have the power to balance the world. The justice of the mob. Yes, yes. that's going to end well. Yeah. Yes, that you never now gets have out of control. A passive mob, right? That can just throw money at you, <laughs> and then you can retaliate. Problem solved. Okay, right there. I like the old school uh, principal's office style. I think that works a little better. Yeah, a boy in our school got in a fight, and uh, my son came home and said, So, okay, so if somebody hits me, can I hit them back? Used to, but now you can't. And I'm like, Well, why did they hit you? Well, uh, and anyway, this boy ended up going to the principal's office because his dad said, If anybody hits you, you hit them back. Well, anyway, he got in trouble and then got sent home because he hit this boy back. Anyway, long and short, my son wants confirmation that should he do that? And I'm like, would you want to hit him back? And he's like, well, no. I'm like, ah, don't do it then. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. He just wanted to like, am I supposed to do that? Because that was his rule, but I don't want to have to do that if I don't He was getting have a feel for the situation. Yeah. He wanted Isn't to, that you know, cute? you want to behave the appropriate way. You want to know if dad wants you to peg somebody. Exactly. And I didn't. So he didn't. And, you know, he's been beat up three times ever since. So you know what? <laughs> Sad Just, you know, take what you can. Don't right? talk to your kids. That's the problem. That's the problem. Uh, any other news? Anybody else got one? I've got one. Oh, oh yeah. So, so there's paleontologists. Or sorry, paleogeneticists. Ooh, which is worse than a paleontologist? I here. guess it's like three more years of school. That's, that's probably like a twenty thousand dollar a year pay raise just for that a extra title. Paleogeneticist, right? So you guys remember that movie, um, like nineteen ninety four, with all the dinosaurs eating everyone? Oh, what was that called? Uh, Jurassic, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. You it. know, I've still, I've still never seen that, that all the way through yet. You haven't. It you is haven't? four and a it's half. It's on hours. my list. I'm still. I'm, You've got to see it my because it's true. It. You can create dinosaurs. Actually, I read it on the interweb. Actually, we just found out that the human race is not in danger from re- remade Ooh. dinosaurs. Because they found news. out, they, they finally put it all together. DNA has a half-life of 521 years. The last dinosaurs were around, you know, 65 million years. So that'd be a ton oh. of DNA to, do you, for there to be any usable stuff Do you left. know when the last unicorns were around? Uh, I think that was just about uh, 3,000, 4,000 years. So, so they're, they're, they're still okay. So we probably, can still do that? Probably. Because I want unic- I want a unicorn bad. I don't know what I would do with one. I oh, mean, man. Horses. Do you know how bad the ladies love unicorns? I don't understand. You would be married so fast if you rode up on a unicorn. <laughs> that would be a dating win right there. That would be a deal sealer. Seriously. What if I uh, went to somebody's stable, rented a horse for the day, yeah. and then taped like a no. cardboard no. tube on no. his head? And First thing they're going to test is and- they're going to test the horn. Is that what they call that? They're going to test the horn. Not a genuine unicorn. Huh. You always test the horn. And so when you showed up, if you rode in on a unicorn, I promise you, everybody would be talking about Bryce Tobin. Okay. BT and his unicorn. 
do it. I, I, don't, I don't know. If <laughs> I don't know if that's what I want to be known for. But hey, if you're going to be known, like, oh my gosh, your something. unicorn is so pretty. <laughs> well, on a lighter note, um, are you trying to change the subject? How yes. do you get a lighter <laughs> note than unicorns? <laughs> Hey, Art, helping out the kids. So my new story is about there's an underpass in Salt Lake City that um, some students just recently made it into an art feature, I really? guess. Yeah. So Did they just walk by every cans? day. No. Yeah. It's actually, like, legit. Like, people, it took them, like, two or three years to transform this. But there are, like, some uh, columns that now have mosaics on them. How it cool looks really that? nice. And it's a new local feature. It's an underpass. Yeah, but apparently you have to walk under it. Oh, so it's a walking some, yeah. sidewalk kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, they actually had some of those like where I used to live in old Sacramento. I think and that's they were cool. really cool. So, and it gives well, you. Am I the only one cynical enough to wonder how many hours before graffiti cleanup needs to come? And see, they won't. People won't <laughs> touch, graffiti touch it back this up. Yeah, because this is they, by the people. This is yeah. for the people. <laughs> Excuse me. I just got all emotional. <laughs> but they're not. They're not. No one will graffiti it because the graffitiists did it. Yeah, they like it done was did the it. local students that helped do Unless it. Unless we've got an older group of graffiti artists. Yeah, well, well these, these kids are in elementary school right now, and the people run around with spray cans are what thirteen to eighteen. Yeah, they well, didn't do this artwork. No, apparently. So, so it was they like have touch-up paints people. and then go back later, and because I, I, you know, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm serious, because I feel bad. You have this beautiful artwork, and then you have this. The city comes by to cover the graffiti and no. paints a big square you know, rectangle that's gray on top of it. No, it's you fix it the way that they that lady fixed it in the Italian church with that oh, fresco. That fresco. <laughs> <laughs> you call her, she'll come in, she'll smear it up a bit, move the eyes off about six inches, and boom, you're <laughs> good, good as ever. Yeah, well, like the one that was in Sacramento, they never had a problem with it because it was beautiful. People liked it. They were what about the people other... that don't luck. know beauty when they see it? Does not exist. Everyone appreciates. Nope, that's me. Sorry. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> Bryce. That's me. Put me in an art exhibit. I get I was bored. Looking right at you I get when bored I and I look that. for popcorn. That's what happens. Popcorn. See, you need more culture. <laughs> or maybe I have too much and I just don't have room for it. Uh, yeah, true that. Yeah. Now here's the deal. We have a we have a guest coming up and a really cool topic. I'm not sure if you guys have heard about this yet, but we're talking about intimacy. Ooh. Cricket. Cricket. Now, um, so, you know, we could just sit here and talk about your first kiss, but uh, that would be boring. Bryce is shaking his head very... Bryce doesn't want to go there, yeah. but we're not going to do that. So <laughs> we're going to be bringing on our guest, Kristen Hodson, Alicia B. Worthington, they happen to be related, but I didn't want to bring that up, but I did. And uh, they wrote a book called Real Intimacy. We're going to be talking about intimacy. You guys, get some questions in your head. And uh, we may bring you on during one of these blocks and just have you ask some questions. And if not, you can just email them in to me at mattchat <laughs> at byu.edu. We'll be back talking intimacy, how to create real healthy intimacy in your life right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Look at the multi-touch display on your phone or tablet. Now imagine if your entire floor had multi-touch. IBM engineers have. We'll tell you about it. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. 
IBM has filed some patents on applying multi-touch interface technology to make smart floors for home security. When your entire floor can sense with the precision of a tablet, interesting applications begin to suggest themselves. The smart floor can sense and remember the weight and characteristics of each person in the household, and even pets. So the house can recognize who's home and activate various devices like the air conditioning and TV, keep track of pets and crawling babies, or it might call the cops to warn of intruders. The smart floor can even tell if the teenagers are throwing a party when their parents are away. Multi-touch floors could keep track of exercise. If you should collapse on the floor, it can detect that, take your pulse, and call an ambulance. It's not too far a stretch to add in video projection for dance floor moves, sports boundary markers, or that giant piano keyboard you want to jump on. You'll still have to wash and wax it, but I bet it could tell you if you missed a spot. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. For regular updates on BYU radio programming, sports, and other behind-the-scenes news, follow BYU Radio on Twitter. Just search for BYU Radio, hit follow, and enjoy our tweets on news, live updates on shows, and much more. Talk about good. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, You know, we're talking intimacy, sex, relationships, and uh, how you really truly create a healthier relationship as, uh, you know, it's kind of this natural thing. We have this natural chemical draw that's driving us to, to be physical, to be intimate, to be sexual, and... Interestingly, it, you know, for something that seems so natural, it sure causes a lot of problems. And as a relationship coach, I spend a lot of time talking to couples where, you know, weirdly, one party seems to want more sex than the other. And uh, they can't talk about it. It causes fights. It's, it's kind of a source of where they get their, you know, their sense of who they are sometimes, uh, if they're manly enough, if they're pretty enough. Body image gets involved. It seems to be a fairly complex issue. And so on the show today, I wanted to bring on some experts who can walk us through that, give us some tools and some ideas. But before we get to the experts, I wanted to talk to some people who didn't have a – I shouldn't say a clue because that would be rude. But um, who – I'm, I'm going to talk to Bryce Tobin, quite honestly. Uh, he's, our, he's our ranter. And, you know, Bryce has no experience with women whatsoever. Actually, that was his line. He totally does. He's a he's a mover and a shaker. But what we've asked him to do is give us his version, his rant about not rant, because that, again, sounds bad, but it's a rant. No, <laughs> no it's it's a rant. It's a rant. It's, it's one of my more passionate ones. And we always make him play kind of the devil's advocate because it would just be too easy for all of us to just say intimacy is so important. And it is. It totally is. So we're going to just try to go the other way a little bit and let Bryce on on his infamous show right now called The Bryce is Right, his segment that we call The Bryce is Right. He's going to share with us some of his thoughts about intimacy. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. 
I heard about the silliest thing yesterday. Non-sexual intimacy? What is this malarkey? Hippie talk, that's what. There's only one kind of intimacy, and the others are just sad excuses. So there's emotional intimacy? What does that even mean? Among the many vague and nondescript ideas, the clearest thing I could find was, it is unbridled mutual self-disclosure. Slow down there. That sounds like it requires a lot of time, talking, and a lot of trusting each other. And as we all know, trusting someone is a lot like asking them if they wouldn't mind crushing your soul later on in the future. You only need to trust people as far as you can throw them. That's why that phrase exists, right? And trust me, it's hard to throw people particularly far. Now there's rubbish about how doing nice things for people is a form of intimacy. So let's set this situation up. The poor woman who ends up being married to me decides that she wants to let me know she cares by doing something nice. Let's say it's something I really don't want to do, like ironing. The anticipation of ironing makes me angry. I avoid it like it's a creepy relative. So later on, I arrive home to find my ironing already taken care of. How is this intimate? First off, I was unaware that anything was going on. That's not a good start. And think about it. When you're playing Go Fish, mid-game, you don't put your hand on the table and act like you've still got a chance of winning. If you show that you're willing to iron clothes, guess what? You just showed me your hand. From now on, I know that you're willing and capable of doing the laundry. The worst part of it for you is that I know you'll even do it without being asked. That smile you see on my face, it's not because I'm feeling the intimacy from you. It's the euphoria of realizing that I won't be ironing anything for a while. Or there's social intimacy. What in the world does that even mean? Look, there are only so many hours in a day. I already spend enough time doing things that I don't want to. When I'm with you, that's one thing. But when I'm with a group of people and they just want to sit, talk, and share things, slow down there. This is almost sounding like that emotional intimacy gobbledygook I was talking about earlier. And this is made exponentially worse by the number of people you're with. You can accomplish this with two people in like 30 minutes, but add another person and you'll be there for an hour. Throw someone else into the mix, you're looking at a two-hour ordeal. Do you see where I'm going with this? I just don't have that kind of time. So do you understand what I mean? It's all a bunch of poppycock. Emotional, service, social, mechanical, sagittal, I don't care what word you put in front of it. If it's not just intimacy, it's some overcomplicated mess. Who would want a multifaceted, dynamic relationship that can stand up to all sorts of problems? All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Oh, Bryce. Did you say sagittal? I did, in fact, say sagittal. Would you like to define that? Sagittal, it is... Um, when your digital equipment gets sad. <laughs> no. It's a, it's a medical term, a biological term for when something is, is bisected vertically. So Okay. Yeah, don't ever use that again. Are you sure? Because it was good. That <laughs> was quite a rant. You are messed up, dude. Yeah, well, and I mean that with the most affection. I can feel it. Do you feel that? What do you guys think of that? Does intimacy freak you out? Because it is. I mean, it is kind of a code word for sex, but it's actually deeper than that, and that's what we're going to get into. You There's know, more to it than that. Well, what dawns on me is I watch a lot of my friends over the last five years uh, get married, and a lot of times they'll marry somebody that. They didn't know in January, and by August or September, they're just saying, yeah, rock and roll, let's do this. And I get thinking, sharing a bank account. Yeah. Imagine somebody you haven't met, you didn't know at the first of the year, and already you want to share your bank account information with them. Like, that's a big deal. I mean, I have family members I wouldn't share my bank account with, and I've known them for <laughs> well, a, the, a, yeah, over a quarter of Rob, a century. Hello, Sanders. 
<laughs> there, some of them have done illegal things. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, well, s- Matt, we, we don't talk about that on the show. I just can't believe that you even said sex know, on the radio. That. That's a I just little. Did. I said it because we're grown up, right? <laughs> but it's <laughs> intimacy's complicated, and I think you just complicated it more, Bryce. I would apologize, but to be honest, I don't feel bad at all. You were just. I think I, think I brought it up. So we could. You totally did. And we're going to be bringing in experts who I think are going to have another opinion. I wonder if there really is a term called uh, financial intimacy. Mm. Well, it you might. You can create it, Rob. I think, the, I I think yes. I think, well, that, I don't know. That's if, kind if, of a big deal. I, the more and more I think about that. I but was, it's closeness. <laughs> it's probably trust. It's probably a compilation of a bunch of feelings. Maybe you have a joint checking account but separate savings. That might work. <laughs> okay. That's, that's Rob's version of cohabitating. That's... <laughs> And in fact, yeah, what we're going to do, technical guy. <laughs> we're going to get into it and we're going to talk about what really is intimacy. Huge part of relationships, though, guys, is the ability to risk. And so some of this is about you got to be willing to risk and gain the reward and have some commitment. Can you split a mortgage in half? Oh, boy. OK, we'll be back on the Matt Townsend show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. song changed my life? There are a lot of songs that have changed my life. It's a totally brutal question to try and answer. Every musician has that one song that changed their life. Join Tony Award winner Leah Salonga, American Idol finalist Brooke White, and more of your favorite artists as they explore their lives before and after they heard that one song that changed everything. Watch The Song That Changed My Life Monday nights at 7.30 on BYU-TV. Parenting can be a tricky business, and we all know families don't come with a handbook. That's why we can learn from world-traveling family coaches, the Ayers. Join the Ayers on the Road for family, parenting, and general life advice. Monday and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. New claims for first-time unemployment benefits are down this week to the lowest level in four and a half years. The Labor Department says the numbers are supporting hopes that the jobs market is continuing to improve. The drop of 30,000 claims has surprised some economists who were expecting higher amounts. The seasonally adjusted number would normally be much higher at this time of year, and the unadjusted claims did rise, but not by nearly as much as was predicted. One economist says that while there may be some payback next week for this week's smaller numbers, but the overall trend does seem to be that fewer people are becoming unemployed. Attorneys for the accused Aurora, Colorado theater shooting suspect James Holmes have requested that a preliminary hearing be delayed, possibly until next year. They say that media involvement in the case has delayed their efforts. The hearing they are the hearing they are requesting to delay is a review of the merits of the case before Holmes would stand trial. Holmes' lawyer says that the defense has not been able to work on their case because of constant media motions to be allowed more access to evidence. He also said some witnesses have gone underground to avoid the constant media attention. 
The judge who heard the motion to delay said the hearing may occur in January or February. The U.S. has chosen a retired diplomat to serve as the replacement ambassador to Libya after the tragic death of Ambassador Chris Stevens. Lawrence Pope retired from his position as ambassador to Chad over a decade ago and has been serving as a senior counterterrorism official since then. A State Department spokesperson says Pope will take over Stephen's goals in Libya of helping to build democratic institutions and broadening respect for the rule of law. The September 11th attack that killed Stevens and three other Americans has sparked controversy in Washington, D.C. about whether or not security concerns were properly addressed before the strike took place. The city of Oakland is suing the federal government for closing a prominent medicinal marijuana dispensary that was featured on a popular reality TV show. A spokesperson from the city says that the lawsuit is about protecting the rights of legitimate medical patients. California legalized the use of cannabis for medical purposes in 1996, but on the federal level, the drug is still a banned substance regardless of the reason for use. Oakland has clashed with the federal government on this issue many times in the past, but this lawsuit is the most direct action ever taken to defend the medical marijuana practice so far. You are listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're sitting here getting ready to talk about intimacy. Healthy sex in our lives, critical, crucial. And so I'm bringing on the therapists. I was going to say the experts, but that's not always what you want to go by. But they are the experts in how to create intimacy in our lives and our relationships. Kristen B. Hodson, we got to get their uh, maiden initial in there. Yes. Kristen B. Hodson and Alicia B. Worthington happen to be sisters. That's right. Yes. And uh, and there's one other author on the book. They wrote the book called Real Intimacy, A Couple's Guide to Healthy, Genuine Sexuality. You wrote it with Thomas G. Harrison. Yes. No relation. No. no. But he's just a great guy, too, by the way. He is. And we've known him for years. We've yeah. had a good relationship. So. And, you know, the thing about it is, why, why is the talking about sex, I mean, it's so natural, right? Mm-hmm. It's on everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everyone talks about it. It's how they sell everything. Mm-hmm. Why is it such a big deal? I, well, I think what you just said, when you just said that, describe sex as, sex as natural, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a misconception. Yeah, that we, people we think, think it is. Yeah, it's just going to magically happen. Yeah. Just like we magically think that we're going to know how to cook someday or yeah. we magically know how to yeah. do math. No. Well, yeah, no, those are hard. Yeah, they're hard. But like sex, it just seems like, because kids are doing it when they're 16. Yeah. So I guess as far as that goes, that's fairly natural. But having a healthy sex life is seriously complicated. And you can have sex and not have intimacy. Yes. And so when I hear you say it's mm-hmm. on all over... We might be hearing or seeing a lot of sex, but we're not seeing a whole lot of intimacy. And people aren't really talking about it. Yeah. They're, they're, they might be doing it. Yeah. But but I like it because your book isn't called Real Sex. Your book is no. called Real Intimacy. That's so right. So how do you differentiate? What's the difference? Because somehow, I guarantee you, when you just said that, people are out there like, what? Right. There's a difference? Uh-huh. Because yeah. sometimes we do just use sex as uh, or intimacy as another word for sex, mm-hmm. kind of the kinder, gentler word. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's the it's the 
conservative code word. Uh-huh. Like we're going to be conservative intimate. Conservative code word. Yes. Yeah. So like I would say, like Kristen just said, sex is more the act. Yeah. And it can be more just just that, whereas intimacy involves emotion, the emotional aspect, the mental, the physical, yeah. everything else with it. Because when you are with your partner, there's a lot more going on than just the act, hopefully. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it depends on the partner, right, doesn't yeah. it? Right. So part of this is let's educate everyone because I think, honestly, I think there's a huge contingent of people out there that nothing else is going on. No, that's true. Which is probably why it's so, it's such a polarizing issue in uh-huh. so many relationships. Huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. And you can have, um, like I say, you can have the act and you can be detached the entire time. Mm-hmm. And I love when Bryce was doing his rant of what is this? And really, if you can get the emotional intimacy, it enhances the sexual intimacy. But boy, is that vulnerable. Oh, see, that's the key to this huh? This whole thing, huh? Yeah, it's vulnerable. I guess that's an interesting idea because if the only risk to sex is disease, then mm-hmm. it is just the act, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But the risk has got to be deeper, more like fear of being vulnerable. Rejection. Being rejected. Performance. Uh-huh. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. And you have one negative experience and, whoa, I'm out. Maybe that's why we oversimplify it. Maybe mm-hmm. we oversimplify it so as not to – because the more you're talking, the riskier this is getting. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you're involved <laughs> yeah. with another person. Yeah. yeah. So it's not just you. You've got no. all of their stuff going on mm-hmm. and you don't know. Yeah. And so it's it's risky. It's and tough. how vulnerable is it to ask for what you want? Oh, like, yeah, you don't ask. You don't do that. Because what if you're rejected? Right. right. Or you're weird. That's weird. That's yeah. weird. You <laughs> we want don't what? do that. But isn't that true? But it's, it's funny because but then we just – if you really hear people talking about sex on TV, it's, you know, it's about – the whole mantra has been safe sex. It's mm-hmm. been protecting yourself from a physical ailment. Right. That's but interesting, yeah. Isn't that interesting? And, yeah. But really, it's more it's, – it's so much more personal. If And in fact, that's interesting because maybe then what we do to kind of hide – is we just keep talking more about the physical side of it. That's yes. where so that, let's pornography or wear the right clothes or candles. Because right. <laughs> candles <laughs> will right change. Music. Yeah. Yes, it will make it's, it better. Or like women and the lights. And yes. all of the stories you hear, we just kind of hide it with all of these other layers of just superfluous stuff. Yeah. And we overlook the emotional, the spiritual, the real relational side of it. Right. And the question, one of the very first things we ask our readers to do in our book is ask themselves, how do I define intimacy? And a lot of people are like, I guess I've never thought about that. It's just this. The second follow-up question is, do you know how your your partner defines it? And just because he's a man doesn't mean he defines it by sex. Three times a week. Right. Right. And so if you haven't asked, you don't know. Well, and isn't that the truth? But no, that's probably the problem. That's a question like four levels deeper than probably most of us go. Yes. Yeah. Well, and yeah, imagine you're coming home from work and your wife goes, hey, honey, how do you define intimacy? You know, <laughs> you're going to like run out of the room probably. Yeah. He's going to run out of the room. And Isn't so, yeah, taking time to talk about it is can be a challenge. What do you want to bet the 16 year olds aren't talking about it? No. No. No, they're not talking about it. They just I'll do bet it. you the 60 year olds aren't talking about it. 
Right. right. I bet I bet the 30-year-olds aren't yeah. talking about it. So that's why you wrote the book. Yeah. Yes. Because they're talking about it in therapy when there's been Every a lot of damage. Every time they come, huh? Yeah. There's a lot of damage, a lot of people who are sad or looking for more information. And so they, they want to fix it. They just don't know how. They don't have the tools. So this book has a lot of tools for I them. Love, that's what I love use. about the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really set the book up to guide people through it and to give them tangible, practical ways yeah. to improve intimacy. And you, you, you know, you, you kind of used, you used a better metaphors. <laughs> you, you, you didn't because it's so tabooish. Like, like maybe the reason we're not even talking about it is because our parents never could, right? So they never did. So we didn't know how. I mean, I blow my kids away. Mm-hmm. Just because we're going to talk about it. Right. And like they won't even go alone to a restaurant with me because that means we're having <laughs> they a talk. Oh, wow. <laughs> Seriously, they're having like, the do not talk. ever go with dad alone to a restaurant. Because <laughs> usually my wife will say, okay, it's time. You got to take them to the restaurant. And then once I'm taking them, once they're alone in the car with me, I have kids that won't even get in the car with me. Yeah. Dad, what are we, where are we going? Well, we're going to go get some stuff, do some things, talk. Like, oh, no. I'm busy, Dad. I'm really busy. It's like my eight-year-old. <laughs> and eight I'm going to be busy for the next ten years. <laughs> I am swamped. I got to go do my homework. But um, so, what? Why don't I guess parents don't know? That's why they're not talking. No, and, yeah, because their parents didn't know, and people are getting married now for different reasons. Mm-hmm. It's much more based on call it love or lust mm-hmm. or emotions as opposed to any sort of practical reasons. Yeah. And so there isn't ha- there isn't that talk in the home growing up. You know, how do you deal with these emotions? And right. There just isn't. Well, and sometimes talking about it so directly, you're talking about the analogy yeah. and the metaphor. And we have a great metaphor yeah, about how, over that, how intimacy is like dining. And if you think about your dining experiences, there's a variety of them. You might need to grab some fast food. Mm-hmm. You might be a special occasion. And you're like, I would like the seven course meal. Yeah. You might have your Friday night Chili's date yeah. every week. You're like, we both can find something on the menu we like. Yeah. It takes a decent amount of time. And that's like intimacy. Mm-hmm. After you have a baby, there's a whole lot of fast food takeout oh, yeah. being had. <laughs> um, yeah. We ask couples, would you really, like Hollywood sells us on the idea of the seven course meal and that's how it should be. Yeah, it's always Would you really course. want to spend four hours every other night eating dinner? No. No. Not no. at all. There's a time and a place for all these experiences. Yeah. And do you get mad? Do you take it personally if, you're, if your wife goes... I don't know about McDonald's tonight. I'm maybe let's go somewhere else. You what? don't, you or don't, I'm not hungry. Right. Yeah. You don't really say. Oh, sure I you hate are. You Just or you hate it. me. Right. <laughs> try it. No, you can. Yeah. We can talk about food, and if we can translate in the, into talking about intimacy that way. Well, it is because I guess better. there's there's hunger. I mean, so it has kind of the same desires, the mm-hmm. same satisfaction in a way. Yeah. Right. That's and a great way I to mean, look at it. Sushi's kind of. Out there. I love, yeah, sushi's you like sushi? way out there. Yeah, but it's not as vulnerable to talk about sushi. Yeah. And so it, it also gives you, you know, there's been times when my husband has asked me to go to a restaurant. I'm like, oh, I'm not really hungry, but I'll come join you. Yeah. And then as I start eating, I'm hungrier than I thought. Right. Isn't it, that interesting? It just interesting? takes some of the pressure and the weight off of it. And you, you change the language and, and you, you just make it accessible. Yes. Right. It's, it's, so much of this is just our paradigm. It's our thinking, That's isn't right. It? Mm-hmm. Yes. And our thinking, we, I mean, seriously, we got to grow up. Yeah. I mean, it's not, and it's not even to grow up just so you don't get AIDS. No. I mean, right. It's to grow up so that truly we can have an intimate, close relationship that mm-hmm. doesn't have to bring in all of these other things that don't matter. Right. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So it's, um, it's wow. intimate. Okay. We're going to come back. Um, I know. I've got a lot of questions. Great. Bring them. Uh, bring them on. <laughs> now, by the way, and I want to talk about the diner card. 
Okay. Is there a diner card that goes with your food <laughs> metaphor? There could be. Yes. There, you could, you there could, was you know, a buy people one, are giving you buy ten get one free. Exactly. <laughs> and we have a woman that gives us now for wedding gifts and puts a gift certificate to a restaurant in the How Intimacies Like Dining section. Loving it. Okay. We're talking with Kristen Hodson, Alicia Worthington. They're the authors, uh, two of the three authors of the book, Real Intimacy. We'll be back. If you have any questions, give us a call. 801-422-0143. What are your questions, your issues, your concerns about intimacy? You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Intelligent building blocks that assemble themselves. Today, we'll look at MIT's Smart Pebbles. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. MIT's Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory routinely explores ideas that are nothing more than science fiction concepts today. One of their latest endeavors is a different way of replicating objects using building blocks in sand. MIT is trying to create smart sand, Imagine if you could bury an object in a sandbox, then reach in and pull out a duplicate of that object made from the sand with no special machinery or tools required. How would smart sand work? Well, before you can have sand, you need smart pebbles, a simplified two-dimensional version of the system. That's what MIT is playing with right now. The pebbles are tiny, 10-millimeter cubes containing special magnets on four sides, which can vary their magnetism. Also inside each cube is some very tiny basic computer and communications ability. First, the cubes are made to surround an original object. Then a second batch of the cubes compare their arrangement to the first group and let the cubes that don't match the shape fall away. The rest use their magnets to stick together into the duplicated shape. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. BYU Radio is your home for BYU football coverage. And after each week's game, break down the action with Coach Mendenhall and Greg Rubel. I just simply believe even though our execution outmatched our opponent, I also think our competitive will and resiliency, we were at a different place as a team and a program than our opponent, and I think that ultimately overwhelmed or was one of the main reasons that we had a chance to, to play better from beginning to end. Don't miss BYU football with head coach Bronco Mendenhall live this Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern time here on the home of Cougar Sports, Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about intimacy, real intimacy, the book written by Kristen B. Hodson, Alicia B. Worthington, and Thomas G. Harrison. Um, the book is a couple's guide to healthy, genuine sexuality, and it's really a good conversation. This is the conversation parents should be having with their kids. And if you're a grandparent out there, you should be having it with your grandchild. Yeah, absolutely. And if you start when they're really little... Then yeah. you don't have to have all these years where you haven't talked and all of a sudden yeah. that's when it can become awkward. Right. But if it's been a part of your relationship in your life, it's like what we're doing right mm-hmm. here. This is light. It's easy. We're talking. But this is kind of like three therapists just tossing it's it around. True. That's it's true. true. We're, but we are comfortable with it because we yeah. spent so much time talking about it. See, I think if you're afraid to talk about it, then that's telling you something, right? That's telling you that you need to probably adjust your thinking about it. It's yeah. not as taboo-ish. 
Yes. As we think it is. And no. if you need to, go into the bathroom, lock the door, practicing a few words. Video yourself doing exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Say it a few yeah. times. I'll send it to you guys. And then go and have a chat. <laughs> yeah. Talk intimacy. Um, I guess, too, we shouldn't bring out a PowerPoint either. Because if we're bringing out Maybe a PowerPoint not. to explain it. Right. Like, I went to the launch of your book, and when you guys brought out the PowerPoint. So intimidating. That was so intimidating. <laughs> but how like, light and funny was it? It was totally funny. Yeah. You're, it, it's a great book. And I really like the food metaphor. Um, I also like the idea about the appetite because the appetite and food go together so well. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's... appetite as in libido. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's, there's – if you let your feelings or your desire always steer your ship, I mean, there are going to be moments – again, I'm going to bring up the after a baby oh, part yeah. where – or a husband right now that's working really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and they're just tired. And all of a sudden you can get into a funk because you just don't ever feel like it. Well, if you never felt like eating and you didn't eat, what would happen? Oh, yeah. You'd die. So, yeah. So if that happens, the relationship is I, I got to clarify something on that because when my wife, when, she, when we had our kids, she, her doctor, I swear, said four to six weeks before mm-hmm. we should be intimate. Mm-hmm. Okay. She swore it was 46 weeks. <laughs> And so I just want to ask you guys, uh, is it 426 or 46? Um, again, if you're just breaking down to the sexual component, we're going to go with the, the, four to, the 426. Okay, good. Right. Okay, can but, you call her? Yeah. <laughs> but keeping in mind, yeah. everybody's tired. Yeah. Everybody's, New babies. Yeah. The yeah, baby but is, you got to eat. You do have you to do eat. Have to People eat. will die. And right. that's why you, yes. if you can talk about it, you can compromise. Yeah. You can negotiate. That's mm-hmm. such a cool metaphor. Yeah. Everyone gets the food metaphor. Right, because you can just say, you know what, for the next year, we're probably hitting McDonald's every time. Yeah. But okay, that's all right. That's right. Who cares if you die of heart disease? (laughs) Mix up their menu. (laughs) And and to that, um, and then there's sometimes that people are just fasting. Right. Mm -hmm. Or they are having a bigger problem and they have an eating disorder. Yes. You have to look at that. See? Because that, and then when you're married to somebody that has an eating disorder, yeah. and you think that that's normal because right. you're a brand new bride, and you didn't know that this disorder, the sexual disorder, was so right. prevalent or an addiction. Right. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, you start thinking the disorder is normal, and then we get in this really weird. Yeah. Mess. Or that something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas no, you just, this needs to be addressed in a more professional way, as opposed to just the two of you maybe trying to work it out. Love that. Yeah. That's yeah. where you guys come in. That's right. Or a lot of therapists. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Not right? just us, they don't they're... have to just go to you for sex problems no, no. in the United States. <laughs> no. Do you guys want to corner that market? <laughs> we have cornered we'll take the it. intimacy market. I'm so proud of you, ladies. Um, that is huge. Now, talk because Bryce kind of beat up the idea that intimacy is, you know, what's all this other intimacy? Emotional. Mm-hmm. What is all that? Or is that what intimacy is? Well, you kind of said, you know, in our culture especially, we use the code word for intimacy as sex. Mm-hmm. And so we think, oh, that we're talking about intimacy, so it's just sex. Well, no, there really are. There's more to it. And you just have to accept the fact that we are human beings. We have emotions. We are deeper than just animals. Yeah. And so, therefore, we're bringing our problems of the day or our, whatever we're thinking about into our relationship and it's important to have those addressed and worked them out. And as I mean, as a therapist, I have a lot of men, interestingly enough, come in and say, my wife just checks out. I don't just want to be yeah. intimate. Yeah. I just did air quotes. I don't want yeah. to be intimate with just 
a body. Right. I want her present. Yeah. Well, what he's saying is I want emotional intimacy. I want the spiritual intimacy. It's not, right. it's great. I want connection. I want to be us. there with, I want presence and not present. Like I want to yeah. be in the moment. Yeah. And, um, and so I think that says a lot that there's so much more to it than yeah. just the physical act. I think a lot of men relate to that idea that I just don't want her to just say, okay, hurry. Yeah. Right. right. And you're like, uh, never mind. Right. And for the first time, you're actually rejecting it. Yes. But see, that's telling men that that there is an emotional component. They want that. Or I want you to initiate. I want you to like actually yes. care enough to initiate sex so that that's telling me you actually want to be a part of this. Yes. Yeah. Because men usually think that, you know, we always kind of stereotype them as they're the driver, they're the, mm-hmm. they have the physical drive, and yes. she always has the emotional drive. But men are hiding that emotional need. They just don't know. It that presents that's what differently it is. in mm-hmm. men. It just will present differently. If you look at more of the performance anxiety, yeah. that is very much an emotionally intimate piece there. Yeah. It's, it's just, the male it's just problem. different. Yeah, exactly. It presents different, but yeah. both really ultimately want connection. Isn't that funny? It's just we're really more alike. Yeah, we just approach it differently. We yeah. do. And we use different words. We do. I think it's because the guys grew up in the um, locker room. Probably. <laughs> yeah. We just are kind of warped that way. <laughs> but we don't have to be. No. No. Especially but you guys can also, you can talk. If you, I mean, I don't know if girls in the locker room talked about it. Did you ever go to the locker room with the girls? I did. Yeah. Go to the what locker room. What did they talk about? We're dying to know. Uh, Nothing, nothing great. We were probably talking about what you guys were talking about, probably, trying to figure out what is that. Jimmy's so rude. Right. Yeah. And Jimmy's like, I think she's hot. <laughs> Jimmy's rude. She's hot. Um, how do we get the conversation going around this? Because to me, so my background is more how we talk is how we create our symbols. Mm-hmm. And if our talk, if we, don't, if we have negative talk or no talk, mm-hmm. then our symbols don't seem to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And marriage or intimacy and sex are filled with symbols mm-hmm. like love. Right. Like if you love me, we'd be more intimate. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we compare with the neighbors. So how do we talk instead of just having the girls go talk and the guys go talk? Mm-hmm. And actually, the guys don't talk, but the guys kind of would look at each other and like, I know it's horrible. Um, how do we start talking with our partner? Right. Well, I'd say first of all, first of all, I would say most couples say we do talk about it when we fight. Mm-hmm. We so fight want, about it, right? If you want to talk about it when and not fight, um, I would say the first the first thing is timing. Maybe when you are, um, if your husband walks right in the door, that's not the time to launch at it. If, yeah. if you guys are trying to put the children to bed or you're doing dinner and, and everything's kind of chaotic, that might not be the time. Right. Well, see, but that's almost when intimate, that's when sex happens. It, you know, it's like when the kids are in bed, when the dishes are done, mm-hmm. when she's shaved her legs yes, and she's in her skinny jeans. <laughs> right. When everything goes right, then we then go there. And we're usually tired and worn out. And so then the fight kind of, or the talk mm-hmm. emerges. So it's kind of like you're saying prioritize it. Yes. Prioritize at least the talk. Put the odds in your favor. Yeah. To have a positive outcome. Get some hope. Take a walk. Go for a drive. Set a deliberate time to have a conversation. Yeah. But you can also set boundaries and say, I, I want to talk about this. It doesn't have to be for an hour. Mm-hmm. Can we just quickly talk about a couple of items and that way you kind of know, okay, especially maybe talking to him, he's going to know this doesn't have to go on forever. Yeah. Yeah. Because the minute you say, can we talk? Right. Well, and it also needs to be something that's consistent. If it's like we have to talk about a year's worth of of conversations because we only talk about it once a year. Yeah. You are going to dread it. But if it just becomes a part of what you talk about, like going to the dentist, going to the doctor, it's a part of your life, then it's not as daunting. 
And again, I guess back to the food metaphor. That's just. Did you like that dinner? Did you like right. the meal? That's yeah. right. That just was a check great in. meal. Check in. I I don't know. I don't like cilantro. Right. right. Then all of a sudden, yeah. My wife and I have that conversation all the time. I don't like cilantro. Why did you get it with cilantro? Right. I don't know. It just gives you information. The other great thing, who doesn't love to hear what's working? Like, here's all the yeah. areas I love you. Here's what you do that really makes a difference in my life. If but, you start there. Yeah, but we don't. We don't, do we? We no. go to the, look, can you not do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, do, we nitpick ugh. and go right to the parts that we don't like or that are frustrating for yeah. us. And it, it then puts our partner on the defense, mm-hmm. which is natural. That's human nature. Right. You're going to feel like you're being attacked. So start where, start where it's working. What I really liked about dinner or our sex yeah. moment or time was this and this. That went really well. Love this. This, not so much. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I probably would have loved this a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Or sorry that I threw that ingredient in. I didn't mean to. Probably won't put it in next time. Didn't work. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's just bad. Toxic. (laughs) Shouldn't have brought my grocery list into having sex, you know, or whatever. I love that. Well, and you talk about having that conversation um, with your wife of, you like cilantro? That's another part of having a good conversation. Be a curious listener. Mm -hmm. If you are, if something's kind of, well, why don't you like cilantro? Tell me more. Have you had a bad experience with it? Yeah, you have no idea. Keep being curious. Mm -hmm. Get get to know more. I guess that's part of the problem is um, we have such a barrier. Is it just, are we so, are we that vulnerable? Are we that afraid that we don't even, we don't have the talks because they tend to go bad. Mm Mm-hmm. So then we don't ever have them. So then right. we don't ever have the knowledge. So then it's amazing because then you're you're trying to be intimate with somebody that you don't even know. That's right. right. And then no wonder it doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Like seriously, yeah. right. you'd have a better shot of just. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just it's kind of like picking a restaurant you'd never heard of and just showing up and hey, this is exactly. Ex- yeah. And not only that, but you have an entire lifetime of experiences. Mm-hmm. You, have, yeah. you do have a sexual history, whether you've had sex or not. Right. You grew up, you had experiences, you watched movies, whatever. And guess what? Your partner does too. Yeah. And so if you don't take a minute to even have that discussion, you know, what was your growing up like? What, what have you experienced? Is there something here that's going to affect us? We need to talk about this and know. That's so bad. We have an analogy in the book about going to the airport and would you just show up at the airport with a bag that you don't know what's in it yeah and all of a sudden security is going to open it and you're hoping that there's not a bomb in yeah. there or something what's in the bag yeah i have no yeah. idea it yeah. could be really bad so, so you kind of have to know are you calling your their partner a bag no 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 it's, the metaphor um, we kind of do our <laughs> understanding your history is yeah. what's in your suitcase what are you dragging yeah. what's what are your you, bag what are you everyone bringing brings you? a suitcase mm-hmm. what's in it and I love that. So you guys, you've changed the metaphor. Yeah. And that's what we were trying to make it accessible. And at the end of that chapter, we give great questions to yeah. walk through your history. We don't, we don't expect you to just know how to access your history. We'll walk you through it. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Can you stick with us another break? Sure. I'd love to. You're not going anywhere, are you? No. We're here. We're here. Proud of you. Okay. <laughs> They're pros. Okay. Can you notice the difference when you talk to a pro about real intimacy Kristen B. Hodson, Alicia B. Worthington. We'll be back. uh, Two experts on real intimacy, authors of the book Real Intimacy. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. Are there some global issues you wish you could know more about or could get an inside perspective on? 
Notes from the Kennedy Center presents lectures and seminars from international diplomats and scholars discussing issues and events from all over the world. Become a more informed global citizen and tune into Notes from the Kennedy Center weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A New York woman has been sentenced to serve up to nine years after pleading guilty to stealing over a million dollars from the Roman Catholic Archdiocese. Anita Collins worked as an accounts payable clerk for the church for seven years and over that time wrote more than 450 checks to herself and disguised them as payments to vendors. Authorities say that much of the embezzled money was spent on rare dolls, some of which valued at close to $1,000. When police searched her home, they seized over 20 boxes filled with the vast doll collection, which will most likely be used to help repay the church. Chicago's Mayor Rahm Emanuel is calling for an overhaul of Illinois' teacher pension program just a few weeks after settling a tough teachers' union dispute for the Chicago School District. Emanuel says it's unfair that his city's taxpayers should have to find a way to foot the bill for a ballooning pension payments to retired teachers, while many other municipalities have their pension funds covered by the state. Illinois' Democratic governor has been pushing for the pension burden to go back to local provinces, but the plan has been deadlocked with Republicans and some Democrats who represent the state's smaller communities. In the meantime, Emanuel says he will continue to try and negotiate with the teachers' union to help spread costs out more. Turkish officials are defending their decision to force a passenger plane headed for Syria to land now now that they say they have found Russian-made munitions on board. Syrian regime officials are calling the move an act of air piracy, and outraged authorities in Moscow say the Turkish government put Russian citizens in danger when it intercepted the jet yesterday. The pilot of the plane was given the chance to return to Russia while still flying over the Black Sea after security officials in Turkey received the tip about what was on board. But the flight pressed on and was subsequently forced to land. A Russian airport spokesperson says that everything on board the plane was for civilian purposes and had cleared customs checks. Just ahead of tonight's vice presidential debate, Mitt Romney has extended his lead among likely voters, according to a Reuters poll. The debate could be a major factor in the momentum of the election, which is now just a month away. With Romney ahead, just a small margin at 47 percent, over 44 percent for President Obama, a strong showing from his running mate Paul Ryan tonight could help extend the lead. However, if Vice President Joe Biden commands the debate, the president's campaign could still easily regain the lead the Obama camp had for most of election season so far. According to the poll, 16 percent of registered voters could still change their minds on who to vote for before November 6th. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody. To the Matt Townsend Show, we are talking about real intimacy, sex, with two of our experts here. And as we're talking about intimacy, 
It also includes, obviously, the simple little things in life, such as touching someone, giving a friend a hug, hand on the shoulder, etc. Our producer, Madison, gives some insight on the impact of touch. need a hug. Sometimes something has gone badly, or you just need a pick-me-up. But we all feel better once we've had some human contact. There is a basic physiological need for touch. A common example used to showcase this was Romanian orphanages after the fall of the communist regime in 1989. Thousands of children were taken in by the state. The government thought that they could raise children better than their parents. And so aside from orphans, they took away children from poor families and shipped them into orphanages. It is true that the basic needs of these infants, such as food and shelter, were taken care of, but the majority would die very early on. It was because of a lack of intimacy, or as I like to call it, neglect. It created a condition called marasmus. This condition that was fatal to infants was not from a disease or malnutrition, but the children simply wasted away. These children needed human contact and to be loved. Another thing that was discovered from this example in Romania is that if there is a significant amount of stress in an early part of a child's life, their body will not produce growth hormones. Their growth will be stunted, and they will look like a five- or six-year-old when they are 20. A professor from Harvard Medical School, Charles H. Nelson, conducted studies that children in these conditions also had a significantly lower IQ than average. A different study on these children showed that children who have more kind physical contact in their their earlier years grow up to be kinder and friendlier adults. Children who have not had any physical contact have aggressive and violent tendencies. Touch is so important. This lack of touch is why solitary confinement is so hard on inmates in prison. At least some contact, even if it is negative, is better than no contact at all. Reports have said that solitary confinement compounded the stress of being in jail or prison. Inmates spoke about cutting themselves with staples or razors, having hallucinations, and losing touch with reality. Several said that they attempted suicide multiple times. Some minors are put into solitary confinement in order to protect them from adult prisoners when they are held in adult penitentiaries, or punish them for bad behavior. There is currently a movement to abolish such practices because of the psychological impact on minors. Touch is shown not to only be essential to children, but to adults as well. Volunteers who go to hospitals today who massage, touch, hold, and rock babies are called volunteer grandparents. Studies have shown that these caregivers drink less coffee, make fewer trips to the doctor, lower anxiety, have fewer symptoms of depression, and improved self-esteem. After doing all this research, I think that I need to hug and cuddle a few babies. I know that it will not only be beneficial to me, but to the child as well. If you want your child to grow up healthy, strong, happy, kind, loving, and smart, just hug the heck out of them. Good stuff, Madison. Madison's been walking around all day like, give me a hug. (laughs) Give me a hug, you brute. Uh, Trying to hug on everybody. Great, uh, great story just about the importance of touch. We're talking with Kristen Hodson, Alicia Worthington, the authors of the book Real Intimacy. You can find them at realintimacybook.com. That's right. Yes. A great uh, place to go because they have exercises, activities, articles you can read that take yes. it to kind of a deeper level. What's your take on the touch thing? 
Oh, I think that segment's perfect because it moves beyond what intimacy is. Um, that before we get married, we're doing all sorts of touching. Oh, we're yeah. tickling backs. We're holding hands. No, let me rub we're your looking feet. at each other in I, eyes. I love rubbing your feet. And then somehow when we get married, it moves to a more concentrated zone. Yeah. And so intimacy and physical touch is so much more than just the zone. Isn't that interesting? Because isn't that... Um there is a method of uh, oh, a sensate focus. Yes, which is which is I guess backing you off of everything you've learned to do as a married couple, mm-hmm. and just go back to some of the basics and just slowly bring in different forms of intimacy and touch. Yes, until you kind of hone in on a healthier whole. Uh huh. And it really keeps you and your relationship in the present. It relaxes you. It yeah. reduces anxiety. Um, but it. How often now are you really rubbing your spouse's feet? Yeah. How often are you just stroking their hair? Well, we know where it's going to go. That's yeah, what we and that's Exactly. And that's where the conversation needs to come mm-hmm. in to say, I feel like it's always going to go there. And it doesn't have to. You no. say you can live deliberately. You can live deliberately. Where you can – the whole idea of living deliberately is, um, again, another metaphor of so often people get to the point where they – They don't want to go to the gym, but they've gotten to a point where they're not healthy anymore. And they say, I'm going to go to the gym, but they don't necessarily feel like it. Right. And then they go and they're like, oh, that feels so much better. And isn't it better to go to the gym with a partner? Because you have sort of, you oh, yeah. you have some accountability, but it's better to show up together and be That's like, right. all right, we're doing this together. Plus, somebody can drive when exactly. you pulled your hammy. That's, That's right, exactly right. But it's not letting your feelings still really steer your ship. Because yeah. also, there's a plenty of evidence that says the more you hug, or the more you engage in a nice romantic kiss, the more you release chemicals that make mm-hmm. you want to hug and kiss more. Yeah. Well, in fact, um, when you do kiss. Ladies, you actually get a little jolt of testosterone that transfers. Boom. Yes. We call yep. that bada boom, bada yes. bing. Yes. And right. so it actually it does enhance your your desire to do maybe a little bit more. Well, it's interesting. When you get good at something, you tend to like it more. Ah. And it's so a lot of us end up – we end up burning out the intimacy before we ever got good at it. That's right. And so this is why it's something – this is the gift that can keep on giving. You can do this till you're 90. Yeah. You can still go hold each other. And uh-huh. just holding each other and touching each other will create chemistry. Uh-huh. Kissing, you can still do that. I mean, I have the cutest couple I always talk about on the show. 97-year-old couple, married 60, almost 70 years, uh-huh. 70-something years. Every time we go over to their house, he's 97, she's about 94, I believe. We walk in. They can't hear. And so they, we, you don't knock. You just walk in. And then it's like you're going to catch him. But um, you walk in and they're always sitting together holding each other. Yeah. At 97 they're touching. And I think they have broadened and allowed themselves to have intimacy in a variety of ways. Yeah. And there can we can just so narrowly define it and really miss out oh. on so many parts of our relationship that can bring so much joy and satisfaction. Yeah. Talk about a little bit the spiritual – I mean because there's spiritual aspects of this. I mean I think this is why religion has honed in on it and, mm-hmm. and made some rules for it. You know what I mean? Like thou shalt not. But – there is a very – I mean a lot of people have a religious history that might keep them – keep certain things taboo. Like we yeah. don't talk about that. But how do we um, how do we maintain our faith, our belief mm-hmm. without – and be sexy mm-hmm. and kind of balance the faith and the fun? That, and that is, has been a tough topic. We kind of call it the good girl, bad girl syndrome uh-huh. in a yeah. way because unfortunately a lot of – I don't want to just 
limit it to girls, but it happens right. a lot. Um, that we grow up with this notion of, okay, stay pure, stay virtuous, stay pure, don't have sex, don't do anything. Okay, now you're married, now you have sex, and so now what? You're not pure anymore? Right, you're now not you're virtuous. Dirty, yeah. Right. And having to kind of maybe change that paradigm a little bit to say, no, your virtue is absolutely intact. You are beautiful. You Now you're married and you get to include this aspect and and reach your potential yeah. as a son or daughter of God. It's powerful. And yeah. And so kind of making that shift a little bit. And I would say the, the adversary's tool with that is shame and guilt. Yeah. And he can just glom onto that and that yeah. can trap a lot of people. And then you're, yeah, and you're being ashamed of something that is so healthy, so right. Right. That God wants. Right. And, and he just wants it in the healthiest way. He, do, yes. he doesn't put the rules on it to ruin your life. No. He puts it on it to take it to a real intimate level. It's interesting, too, because we probably even do the same thing to God where we don't create real intimacy with our own deity. Right. Because mm-hmm. we're so caught up in... Um, Everything else, the things of religion mm-hmm. instead of the spirit of it. Yeah, we can task. We can task Heavenly Father. Yeah. Our prayers can be checklists yeah, and done. we're done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we don't take time to listen. We don't yeah. time to really even talk to him. We just kind of go through it. And the same exact thing happens in our relationships. We do that all the time. When we take our kids to church, we're always like, I'm always mad at them. (laughs) And I don't know why. I think it's the devil. Um, But I'm always mad. Like, get dressed. If I have to, don't make me. Don't make me. (laughs) Don't make me. Don't make me put your belt on you or you're not going to like that. Get a belt on. None of my kids are going to church without a belt. God wants you to have a belt. (laughs) So I'm obsessed with the belt. And yet I get to church and there's no spirit. Right. right. Same thing with marriage. We've got to have sex. In yeah. this way. Uh-huh. And it's got to be this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With this you're outcome. Because so boring. Uh-huh. Because God wants us to have mm-hmm. sex in this way. Yeah. yeah. Right. And we put God in a box instead yeah. of looking at ourselves. And, and our relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and our spouse. And understanding that there's a spirit to it. Like there's a spirit to the law. There's mm-hmm. a spirit to the love. Okay. So there's a piece to this because how many couples on their honeymoon allow their spouses to like authentically show up and say, I'm a little nervous. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you, and, and the other spouse says, it's okay. We don't have to yeah. do this tonight. It's okay. Yep. A relationship that starts out there creates such a foundation oh. for intimacy and safety yeah. instead of it's honeymoon night. Yeah. This is what you do. You can do more to ruin your sex yes. life yes. on yes. your honeymoon. Especially these, so these are the kids too that were celibate, that hadn't had sex before, that believed that you shouldn't. And I mean, you can do so much right there yep. to ruin it. We were just at a bridal show on Saturday, and the couples who ventured over to speak to us were either older or they had been married before, and they kind of understood this. The younger couples, they walked by, and they're like, oh, we don't need intimacy. We don't need that. You have no idea. We really do. Come back in a few years. That's so sad. I see the same thing. It's always the... It's always the parents that are like, you've got to listen to these ladies. That's who They came. will save your life. <laughs> and meanwhile, the, the bride and groom are out looking for patterns for their plates. And yes, their and the dress. Silver and their china. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. Missing the mark. Yeah. Duh. Tell me about technology because I think that's something that's seriously uh, creating some myths about what sex looks like, what it's supposed to be like. Pornography, well, all the things that are coming through technology. It's not only interfering with yeah. our time, but it's also creating visions of sex that aren't that are not accurate. They're not right. accurate, and you can be. I mean, you can be sitting there thinking, "I'm having such a great night with my spouse. We're both cuddling our phones, and you're not cuddling oh. each other. You're not even talking. You're just no, totally two bodies in a room." Yeah, 
So you have that piece, but yes, you do have a ton of technology and media that sells us on really unhealthy intimacy that is a block. Mm -hmm. That doesn't allow for human beings to change and grow. As we get older, our bodies change, our hormones change, we have kids, things change. Our bodies get flabby. What? We look different. What are you talking about? (laughs) Why did you look at me when you said that? It just... it. Um, Hollywood makes it look like you can only be having fantastic sex if you look a certain way, yeah. dress a certain way, smell a certain way. Yeah. That's not true. Airbrushed. Yeah. Right. That's right. I've tried to airbrush before and it didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. No. Mm-mm. I tried no. to paint on some abs mm-hmm. and they ran. <laughs> and I looked like I had a treble clef on my chest. But, you know, if I can be personal for just a second, I am so glad to be intimate with my husband of almost 16 years yes. who were both flabbier, it's more better. tired. It's oh, yeah. better. It's and, better. Because he's and real yours. and I'm He's real. yours. Right. Yeah, that's, that was very personal. It was that very was personal. personal. Sorry, Whoa, honey. He's brave. Call in. I know. <laughs> he's like, she loves me. <laughs> he right now thinks he's going to get some love tonight. He might. Oh, my gosh. Be thinking um, that. Be thinking that. A dream. A guy can dream and hope. Um, let's, as we're wrapping this up, give us each of you, give us, and you got a minute each. Okay. What, what's the one thing that you, you wrote a book on healthy, genuine sexuality. Yeah. What did you, what stands out as your big learning? Your one thing that if people could just conceive this idea, it gets rid of. 60, 70, 80% of the others problems. The willing, I, I really, the, the book is a tool that creates conversation. I know that it sounds cliche and it's what people hit, but that is what it is about. We have so many assumptions that we bring to the table. We assume our partner's thinking this because they did that right. or vice versa. And we have an experience that maybe, um, we have a, an experience in here that talks about that, that one partner did this and the other assumed it was that way. And when they talked about it, they cleared up a lot of misunderstanding. And that really is what intimacy is. And so if you can't talk about it, then that might be the time when you need professional help. Um, But I would say it is talk. It's talk. This isn't a how-to book. This isn't a 10 steps. No. This is a get real. There's no pictures. Do the work. No. 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 This really Mm -hmm. comes from more of a counseling, coaching, therapeutic place. It's beautiful. What do you think, Alicia? Um understanding I, I kind of just spoke about it but understanding the human aspect and allowing your spouse to be who they are you're who you are and allowing for that growth and for the changes and just not expecting any sort of just mo- take away all expectations yeah. just take let them it away. just be yeah. yeah what it is i mean right. it's, it's so funny we don't have huge expectations about a meal right no it's just we've been there yeah. it's oh it'll just digest Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll probably get a little acid reflux. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we'll move on. And we'll move on. Yeah. And yeah. then we'll go watch ESPN. That's right. right. And love it. <laughs> yeah. That's a great way to look at it. ESPN. I think if you bring that in, you know, it's a definite win. Good. Yeah. Now, you're going to give away some books, right? We a do. Book? We have a couple copies. A couple copies. So if you want a copy of their book, Real Intimacy, A Couple's Guide, uh, couple's guide Healthy, Genuine Sexuality, give us a call, 801-422-0143. 801-422-0143. Give us a call and we'll send that out to you. Will you guys autograph it? Absolutely. Because that's big league. Yeah, we will. And then they can find the book uh, where? If you go to our website, realintimacybook.com. 
And plus, can, they'll get more about you, ideas, tools, everything you need. And you can, if you have questions, we answer them on the website. Love yep, it. So. Kristen Hodson, and Alicia Worthington, get the book. You guys are great. You'll be back to Thanks help us with more us. intimacy. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll be back on the Matt Townsend Show right after this break. A new way to screen your genes may explain how to escape hereditary diseases. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. The Human Genome Project was completed in 2003, but not really. Scientists are still studying data from that project daily, looking for connections and explanations for everything from how fingernails grow to how some people seem immune to heart disease. So far, many of these connections and relationships remain an unsolved puzzle, but looking at the puzzle pieces differently may reveal new answers. According to Dr. Stephen Quake at Stanford University, unwinding the chromosomes to study each half of a gene separately could prove key to understanding genetic diseases. You can think of genes as a form of data storage, and chromosomes contain backup files. If you have a mutation in just one chromosome, you might not inherit the disease caused by that mutation because your other chromosome has a working backup of the correct information. That's why Quake developed a sophisticated matchbox-sized rubber chip that can separate the 23 pairs of chromosomes in the human genome so they can be analyzed individually. Now, he's working on ways to automate the chip to make it less expensive and easier for more researchers to use. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Travel the musical road of American history on Highway 89 Scenic Byway. With music from talented musicians from BYU campus and across the globe, Highway 89 brings you the best performances from classical to jazz and folk to rock. Tune in for a musical journey with Highway 89 at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're saying goodbye to our great authors, Kristen and Alicia. We've given away one of the books to Nate Gibbs from Atlanta, Georgia. If you want a copy of uh, the book Real Intimacy that we've been talking about, give us a call, 801-422-0143. We'd love to send that out to you, 801-422-0143. Also remember that this is uh, intimacy is a great thing, I think, that even grandparents can make and have a big impact on families um, and on your grandkids. I, I sat down one time and I used to be over a group of um, singles uh, when they were about young adult age, 20 to 30, in, in my church. And uh, one of them was getting married. And the night before he was getting married, I got a phone call of this from this man that was terrified. Ah, I'm getting married the next day and I have no idea what's going on. He had never been intimate. He had never had sex and was terrified because nobody had ever told him about it. And so I sat in my kid's toy room because that was the only place I could be around away from everybody with this boy then on his the eve of his wedding and taught him about the birds and the bees. To me, parents, that's your job. Grandparents, that's your job. 
we've got to be able to step in and take care of, uh, you know, educating our children and our family on this. Now, as we've been discussing, intimacy has many, many aspects to it, right? Rob Sanders, one of our producers, is single, and he still doesn't know anything about intimacy, but he wants to talk about it anyway. Okay, the question pops up now and again. Why do single guys like me continue to jump back into the emotional rock tumbler we call dating at our expense? Well, any adult can answer that question for themselves. But there's a huge part to that that really gets overlooked, even by single guys like me. It's not a physical need. It's not even really a romantic need. And to understand it, we all need to take a trip back into our childhoods. Remember being in fifth grade? It's morning, kind of dark outside, about 7 a.m., and there's three ways to wake up for school. One, the alarm clock. Yeah, that's fun. Two, your dad. And if yours was like mine, he'd flip the light on every morning and say, What is this, a holiday? Oh, and it's so great when it was a teacher workshop day and we could park back at him. Yeah, it is. And just go right back to sleep. But besides that, the best way to wake up for school on a school day, the sunrise would peek through the blinds from somebody gently opening the blinds. The bed might bounce a little bit as you heard your mom's voice singing some goofy ditty. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. And you could smell French toast on the griddle. Oh, you know that feeling. You'd race to get dressed, run down to eat breakfast, and bounce out the door off to school with a big old grin on your face. And why were we so happy? I don't know, because mom had a way of waking us up gently. A nice, gentle conversation. A nice, hearty breakfast. So now as I walk into work bleary-eyed and grouchy, I realized I've spent the last 10 years waking up to this. Living alone as a single guy, it's no wonder I have so many bad mornings. Heck, I take my dad's, what is this, a holiday, over that annoying buzzer. And since I'm at home alone, there's nobody motivating me not to hit the snooze. Which means I get to hear this 10 times every morning. I realize there are days I don't speak to anyone from the moment I finish this show and get in my car till the next morning when I come in and start talking with the team. No wonder I can feel so crabby in the morning. And that's where the whole dating thing comes back in. Sure, finding a girlfriend's all about the lovey-dovey, yada, yada, yada. But it's also about having someone to say, good morning to, at mealtime, instead of just sitting by my computer watching a YouTube video, inhaling my food in three and a half minutes, actually having someone to sit down and talk to. I guess you could call it social intimacy. And that's part of what's missing in my life. Now, I do have to concede the whole circle of life thing. In the years ahead, if the whole project get a girlfriend thing works out for me, it may not be many years after that that I find myself flipping the light on in some kid's room and saying, What is this, a holiday? I hung up the phone, it occurred to me He'd grown up just like me Good work, Robbie Sanders. I like that. Uh, there's something, I just, I don't know. I, I feel closer to all of my team now. And I feel like everyone needs a hug. So by the end of this show, I'm hugging everyone, even you, Rob. And we're going to, um, we do, we need people to care. You've heard of those 
those stories that come out of like New York where some guy died in his apartment and nobody found him for six months and the papers were piling up. We can't have that. We can't have that. Um, So instead, let's start taking care of each other. A little recap for today's show. Um, Just a few things. Sex is good. Uh, we kind of demonize it. We awfulize it. We, we, you know, we make it, we warp it a little bit. It's, it's a good thing. And you can be a healthy person and not, and, and abstain from having sex till you get married. That can be a good thing and is a good thing. We also can learn to have healthier relationships no matter what. We can try to make our closeness, our intimacy more real, and we can do what we can to, um, to connect with our partner. A few just quick suggestions. I had a client that uh, they were a little older in age. They could no longer, they, they really struggled being sexual um, just because of some medical issues. But what they did instead is they would, every night the wife loved to take a bath. She'd get in the bathtub. He'd pull up a chair next to her and they would, he'd read her a story. And he, they had a, they were reading a book together and he'd read her this book and they'd create this really close, cool conversation they loved it, and it brought them so much closer together. It stimulated their mind. It gave them some time together. There's so many ways that we can connect. So please, please be more real about your intimacy. Please understand it's more than just an act. It's a feeling. It's a deeper need we all have. And a little challenge for you. Will you go out and just touch somebody and love and hug somebody that's dear to you, somebody that you care about? People need hugs. They need touch. They need to know you care. You might also want to just reach out, call somebody, and let them know you were thinking about them. We are all important people, and uh, we can together uh, take care of each other. Thanks so much for joining the show. We'll be back tomorrow with a rewind of the week. The best uh, shows are going to be on tomorrow in a compilation. Thanks for joining us again. We love having you listening with us and we're excited uh, just knowing that so many people were able to learn today about healthier real intimacy we'll talk to you next time right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio